0: What's up? You are now listening to Americanized, a storytelling podcast where you'll hear from eclectic first and second generation Americans, share their stories and real life experiences as children of immigrants. Hey, this is your host Roslyn, thank you for tuning in. In this episode, I talk about Blackness and my journey on reclaiming my Africanness. Africanness is not a real word. But it's suitable for the purpose of this episode, reclaiming my Africanness in terms of my hair, the music I listen to, the products I use, and my social circle, social media content, food, overall interests, the list goes on. Let's start with hair. The hair straightener was my bestie. My mom is a hairdresser and she would relax me and my sister's hair pretty frequently, probably like once a month or so. So I was rocking my relaxed hair for school. It was my favorite and least favorite thing. I loved having straight hair and manageable hair, but honestly my favorite part of getting my hair relaxed was one, seeing little black girls on the box thinking my hair will look exactly like theirs which it never did, and two, washing out the relaxer because that was when I would see my hair curl. They were loose and damaged, but they were still curls or waves. I fell in love with my curly hair anytime I would wash out my relaxer or anytime I would wash my hair and see my hair bounce back into its natural curls. It wasn't until my sophomore year of high school that I decided to go fully natural I would slowly trim the damaged and straight ends of my hair, little by little, as an alternative to a big chop because I wasn't going to cut all my hair off. I was committed to having natural hair, but I was not that committed to just chop off my hair like that I was like. I, was, I, was, I still wanted the length, but I also wanted the curls, so it was a slow transition for me to get fully natural to where I'm at right now. I can now say that I am fully natural and I love my curly and coily hair, and for a while I've just been maintaining it, kind of getting into the braid outs, the twist outs, getting a groove with products and um, routines. But now that I kind of have that down, my new goal is length, retention, and growth. Another piece of Africanness that I'm reclaiming is music. Growing up, African music was the epitome of embarrassing, let me tell you. My dad loved blasting African music in his car anywhere we would go. Like, super loud, windows open, I felt super exposed, and I was really embarrassed. I was like, can we listen to some Gemma 94.5, you know... Magic 106.7, which he actually did like and Play That Station, Kiss 108 even, you know? If we want to get into the pop, but like, I was like, nah, this is not cool, this music is not cool, it's embarrassing, I don't know what they're saying, the beat is alright, but like, I'm not feeling it. Now, African music was pretty much the only thing I wanted played at my wedding, and at my wedding? That was the intro song that all the groomsmen and bridesmaid walked into was Premiere, Kao, I definitely didn't say it right, but that was a song that my dad would play all the time in his car, we would watch the music videos at home, like, we had the VHS Ape, and that song, that's an Ivorian song, and that song is blown up now, it's everywhere, dance hall, clubs, music, everything. It's being remixed, I heard a remix of it recently, I was like, whoa. <laughs> So, Afrobeats is definitely blown up. It's like into the mainstream music right now. It's super popular and I use it as my turn up music, my dancing feel good music that I can't go wrong with at any time. It's like, let me just, it just, it's a mood booster. It puts me in a really good mood. Anytime I play Afrobeats. Now I wanna move into my interest and social media going into movies. As a high schooler, I was super attached to 80s movies. I'm talking Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, all the coming-of-age movies that were like classics that you had to watch. Loved it. I was a huge, 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 huge fan of Degrassi. If you are digressing and out there and you're listening to this, shout out to you. Team Eclair all the way. My TV crushes were Monroe Chambers. I was super obsessed with him. Down to his hair, like I would have my hair like his in high school, let's not talk about it, but I had my side bang, like my little emo grunge side bang. like I really wanted to be, you know, I, I could do it, so I did it with my hair That's when it. That's when it was straightened too. I loved listening to Adele, Bruno Mars, a little bit of Ed Sheeran. So now, I'm all for representation, right? All the '80s DeGrassi—that's all white cast, right? We only have like not even a single black person in these '80s movies. But DeGrassi did have a few. So now I'm all for representation, all black cast, black producers, directors, actors. But don't get me wrong, I did make an effort to watch The Breakfast Club on March 24th, the day that they were in detention. And I will always, always, always say yes to watching Degrassi. But it has to be the next generation or like season 10 of just Degrassi. Nothing beyond that because that's where they, it just is not the same. And on Spotify, I do have a playlist called American Idol for when I need to belt and sing Adele's old songs. Emphasis on the old part. It has to be her old songs because those are like, you know, I'm singing Set Fire to the Rain, Rolling in the Deep. Uh, Hello was probably the last adult song that I was like, "All right, this is a good one." But like I, I still hold on to those things, you know. I still watch these movies and shows and listen to these songs. But if, if I'm so like into watching something, if the main character is black or there's a black family or there's something where I can see myself in, that's where you have me. But back then, because the representation wasn't there. This is what I was left with. And if black people were featured on TV, they didn't have the best role where I could really see myself. They were e- either in like trashy roles or like comedy things that I, <laughs> I neither am trashy or a com- I'm like, I'm funny, but I'm not that funny where it's like class clown funny. That's how they were usually casted in that. That's not who I was, you know, that's not who I am more into the media, social media content, I love the question, where are you from? Even though it can come across as rude, I love it. I love asking it. I love being being asked it. I love learning where someone else is from, especially if they're West African or even from Ivory Coast. That stuff really excites me. And the only Ivorians I knew for the longest time were the members of my family. I feel like for the longest time I always said, I don't know any other Ivorians, like I only know the people in my family, at least in America. But thanks to social media, specifically Instagram, that's the only media I'm on, I can see Ivorians represented across the board from models to athletes, mostly soccer players, to artists and everyday people just documenting their lifestyle as... We do on Instagram, and it's so refreshing to see different faces of this country and how diverse the people are. Even within my family, we all look—we all look kind of different. I don't think I resemble anyone other than my siblings and parents. But yeah, uh, I just love seeing, especially Ivorian, because like I can—I I can identify as being Ivorian too, and be like, oh yeah. If I see like Ivorian food on social media, I just love seeing it because it's so good and going into food, African food has become a craving for me and I get excited but cautious anytime I see an African restaurant when I'm out and about because I was like, there are no African restaurants anywhere in Massachusetts that I know of. And it wasn't until recent years that I came across a few, it has to be West African because West African food is just, it's, it's the bomb, it's the bomb.com, so it's become a craving for me, and I just love it. Growing up, I wasn't the biggest fan of African food, I really wasn't, but now, like, when you're away from it for long, you know, you come home from college, and your mom's cooking, you miss that, and you want it, and now that I'm out of the house, I've moved out, I'm like, let me try to cook it myself, because I, I should be able to make this stuff. Alright, and lastly, I want to move into products. This is an interesting one because you would think, Africaness, wouldn't you just use the same products, whatever. But no, you know, living in America, we are exposed to so many different cultures' products. Over time, black soap and shea butter have become such staples in my everyday routines. Like, I need to bathe with black soap and I need to moisturize with shea butter. I remember in college, I had a floor mate who came to me, she was black, she knew I was African, so knowing I'm African, mind you, she was looking for some shea butter, and at the time, I wasn't using shea butter, I was just using some generic store brand body moisturizer, I actually remember what it was, I think it was a Coit, the Walmart brand, um, like a soothing aloe, it was green, you know, it was like an aloe moisturizer, generic. Um, so that was disappointing for her, and in retrospect for me, she was like, aren't you African? Why don't you have shea butter? And in my head, you know, I was like, yeah, you're right. I am African. Why don't I have shea butter right now? I will say, my college town was extra, extra white, okay? And shea butter was nowhere to be found. Unless I took a trip to Boston, I was home for the weekend, and went to the hair store to get some shea butter. Uh, So it it was rare to find some shea butter out there regularly. It wasn't until my graduate school years that I, or my grad school years, that I discovered an African shop in Springfield, Massachusetts. The next town over, where I was doing my schooling, And that's where i bought my shea butter from and i you know in grad school never looked back black soap and shea butter was all i used for years and now i continue to look for natural products with less ingredients especially those derived from africa and that are used for black or melanated skin a lot of black owned brands use these essential ingredients for their products and I love that so much. So I've been buying a lot more black-owned things that are just more formulated for melanated skin. The thing though with Shea Butter it's a sealant, so that's like the last layer. So you do want to use like a moisturizer with ceramide. So like I am back on like a non-black owned moisturizer. But I will always always keep shea butter in my products box or just have it handy for sure. So yeah, those are some ways that I've reclaimed my Africanness. What things are you reclaiming? Thank you so much for listening. Catch you in the next episode.